Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Searching for something to put a smile back on your face. Just remembering unusual times that can come from an unusual place. You need a partner for the ride, cause everybody needs a climb. So set your worries to the side. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Uh, Doing well, doing well. Got my butt cushion, got my matzo, you know, just gearing up for the um, Passover holiday. We are on day, like, four or something now and just raging over here i mean i'm getting the uh the the wheat scaries you know i actually have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) it's like the sunday scaries when like you're having the sunday scaries but it's like oh like haven't had wheat in four days like about to have a mental breakdown i'm just gonna slather my borscht on my matzo and call it a day Yeah, yeah. We're here talking Rugrats Passover. We've already covered the Hanukkah episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that with Mike Bloom, give it a listen. That was really fun. But today it's all about Passover here. Um, And we've invited a very special guest on to talk Passover with us. We needed to outnumber the Catholics on this podcast. So we had to bring in another Jewish gal, our friend, Sasha Joseph. Sasha, how are you? Hi, y'all. I'm so good. This night really is different from every other night. So I am excited to be here, excited to talk all things Rugrats and Passover. My, I feel like my worlds are colliding, like podcasting and Judaism. Like, we love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very exciting. You're right. This night is different from other nights because... I get to have two of my favorite lady podcasters on with me to talk about Rugrats Passover. It's so exciting. Um, Sasha, let's talk Rugrats first and foremost. 
what's your history with Rugrats? Did you, what's your history with this particular episode of Rugrats? Uh, Rugrats Passover. Yeah, I love Rugrats. I I didn't realize how much I loved it till I was watching it back. And like you know the the iconic theme yes. song started, and then I was like da na na na, you know whatever. And I'm not gonna sorry hurt everyone's <laughs> with ears the with my xylophone noise. Yeah, I always like yeah. that. Like yes. butter. Like it's so good. Yeah. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> and then the milk squirt at the end. Yeah. Like it, it was yes. like I forgot these things existed, but my brain didn't and my nostalgia didn't. So I was really into Rugrats, Nickelodeon in general, I think, mm-hmm. as well. Um I even watched, believe it or not, the all grown up yes. piece because I was like Ooh, <laughs> what's gonna happen to my favorite characters now? Um because I think, yeah, in ninety cause this particular episode, I think, came out in 95, so I was four when it came out. So it was, like, really part of, you know, what I was up to and what I was doing. And then um, I don't – my family, we're Indian, so we came to America a lot, and I think that's when I started watching mm-hmm. Rugrats. And then it would get, like, this weird dub thing um, and get shown in India. So I was like, no, just show me the English one. Like, I don't want to, like, hear these babies, like, weirdly talk Hindi because you can see their mouths moving. Mm-hmm. So I've watched Rugrats for a long time. I love it. And, you know, of course, as a Jew, um, you know, this particular episode is really beautiful. Um, and I I work for a Jewish nonprofit. I have for the past seven years. So it's a really nice, like, teaching mechanism, even though I work with teens now and I used to work with college students and you'd still be surprised at how much you can use tv and especially these episodes as like a method of learning and teaching so Mm, i am a big fan of this one and the prince of egypt of course yes yes where you could really like i think immerse yourself and get excited um and learn but it's not like on paper and you're you're like watching something nostalgic with learning so love to see it yeah 100 percent. we like this one and the the hanukkah episode i remember watching a lot around you know these times of year every year when it was on nickelodeon and prince of egypt sarah and i had talked about covering that i think we might be able to do it next year because we we thought like we need to do the rugrats like back to back and then we'll save prince of egypt for another year because that one i also mm. remember being it's like first of all it's an excellent movie and then it also yes. to include, you know, Passover in just like representation matters. And to have that in a children's movie back in the day wasn't as, you know, common. So it really was like kind mm-hmm. of like one of a kind at that point. Yeah, I remember seeing A Prince of Egypt um, on Christmas in the movie theaters. <laughs> and then I we got it. and then we got our Chinese food after. But of like course. the uh, the most Jewish uh, uh christmas of all but i love prince of egypt i mean the music is spectacular the story is spectacular it looks beautiful um i would love to cover prince of egypt in the future so um that would oh be oh my god call me <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm ready no we got i think you, girl. Whitney, whitney and mariah yes one song together are you kidding me? i know what? I know. We're blessed. It's just, oh it, my God. And it's also, I think, the only one, right, with um, where I at least feel that they're 
the color is correct mm. yeah they're not white absolutely <laughs> um, and absolutely. you know they're actually egyptians and um israelites and hebrews where you know they look like me they're olive skinned um and it, that i think was another reason why i really like prince of egypt even over the 10 commandments um which is like another movie but v outdated i feel but prince of egypt stands to the you know test mm-hmm. of time like i'm gonna my husband who's not jewish even was like are we gonna watch that one movie it's passover and i was like yes yeah we will we will yeah and i was even throughout this episode of rugrats i was comparing like the story of passover um from the prince of egypt with the Rugrats and be like, oh, I remember this happened to the Prince of Egypt and like this seems okay. And it, it's like it's kind of sad, but also speaks to why, you know, representation in media is so important is that I remember a Prince of Egypt storyline more than the dozens of times that I sat through a Passover Seder mm-hmm. and the story because um as much as it is a lovely experience to have your Seder, um, I mean, truthfully, I'm going to just say it outright. Um, I'm team stew. Um, Passover Seder <laughs> is boring as heck. See, and we're not even here yet, but I already, I think about 15 times in my notes, I have stew as a dick. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Stu has a oh very God. realistic view on what Passover is. I just think <laughs> that, like, opinion. here, listen, like, if I'm coming in from an outsider perspective, my wife is Jewish, and I don't know, we don't know what, maybe Stu is uh, Catholic or Christian, or, I mean, I think they celebrate Christmas, so I would assume, unless it's, again, anybody can celebrate Christmas, but um, we know he's not Jewish, and to me, coming in as an outsider, and then just completely ragging on your significant other's religion is like yeah, no, that's, that's not great. dick move like even if you think it's boring like there's a lot of things that are boring dude like just get over it and like shush like be quiet about it like your wife celebrate her holiday you know come on yeah and and what's the difference between him and Angelica? They literally have the same line. That there's no presence. Yes. And to me you have that's the same all line as a three year old come on yeah <laughs> and like a really mean three-year-old. <laughs> I think, I mean, and to be honest, on Passover, potentially, I don't know, we'll get into traditions, but you have the potential to get money on Passover. So it's almost Ooh. better than gifts. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I also. Oh. No, you go, Sasha. I also wanted to just say, I agree that I think satyrs can be boring, but um, I think just because I've worked as a Jewish educator for so many years, I hosted, I think, four, maybe? Yeah, I think four. Um, 100 plus person satyrs. Whoa. Um, I love how she's so like, 400. <laughs> <laughs> no, like four. Four, parentheses, Sorry, four. Yes. The number yeah. four. The, the number yeah. four. Yeah. And then I did it four times rather. Oh, maybe yes. hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, no big deal. Just yeah. 400 no. people. My closest friends. Oh, no. <laughs> then I quit. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> and, you know, to try to engage like college students year after year um yeah you had to get so creative Mm -hmm. and one of the big things yeah was like um and you know i'm not gonna make them watch a movie in the middle of a seder so and everyone's there wanting the food let's be honest so yeah uh it's 
so I agree that I think there's so many ways to make it more fun, more relevant, I would rather say. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest um, issue with Seder, um, and Seder literally means order. So, like, it's just, it literally just tells you how, what to do. That's, like, the point of it. And traditional satyrs leave out women um even the women are the reason for this whole thing to even happen because um and you know why because right like it was written by a rabbi and you know da 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 and like mm-hmm. the women were in the kitchen at all times anyway but um it's but for me personally like i think that's my issue with satyrs in general where like we talk about freedom we talk about liberation but it's not but it's for sorry a very select few yep. where you know you're maybe your mom and i'm obviously stereotyping but like your moms or your you know sisters or the women in the house usually end up in the kitchen while the men are reclining as you should for passover um and where the women in the damn story that's mm-hmm. the biggest issue because um with pa- with the seder anyway in this retelling where women actually like again put the team on the back but um d- don't really get mentioned which is also funny because i feel like Didi's also doing that and Stu is like the counter to that and then boris you know poor boris like i know he gets locked spoiler alert but um <laughs> like his wife is doing the cooking the whole time so I I was, know, again, yeah. he gets to leave um while she's just putting a seder together so yeah, yeah. Feel, that's my spiel. I feel bad for Dee Dee because I was like, why doesn't she get to just say the Seder if Boris isn't there? Like, she's the one who's Jewish. <laughs> like, should I think she be allowed? it's the, the patriarch of the house leads the Seder. Oh, that's what it is. Um, okay. I, I believe so. Now, when yeah. I was a kid, the policy was whoever, well, we had, so my, this is, kind of what my Passover Seder looked like every year. We would go to my grandparents' house in Brooklyn, my mom's father and mother. Um, They lived in Brooklyn. They're like, you know, they are not too far off from what uh, Boris and Minka look like. (laughs) Um, So, um, and then we would go, my uncle, who's my mom's brother, and his family would be there, which is like my aunt and my cousin. And then my family so like my dad sometimes because my dad traveled and around Passover that's when the baseball season starts so he was probably not there more than he was there but it'd be like my mother my sister and I so our policy was that like my uncle kind of led the Seder and me as the youngest that spoke Hebrew would get put in charge of saying all like everything like the whole thing in Hebrew um, which was a lot of pressure and I'm going to keep I I said it before the podcast I'm going to keep Passover (laughs) positive Um, but it was a lot of pressure for a young kid who wasn't that great at speaking Hebrew Um, that's that's all I'm going to say so um, but the thing is is that you you know you have your Seder plate and you have your Haggadah and it's like a whole thing um and then my family made like an abbreviated Haggadah which is like not that abbreviated to be honest with you um but it was always like Uncle Richie's like abbreviated Haggadah it had like it was pre-printed out he had he like went to the Kinko's got it printed out and had said like Richard's like Haggadah on it oh, and, I love this and yeah like this is what our whole thing was like this is what we did for many many years we would sit at that same table in Brooklyn and you know do the whole Passover 
Seder. Um, it would be like three hours later and you finally got to eat. And it was oh, that I guess that's my biggest gripe is that the it is so so basically just it's like you have to go through the entire story and why you're there and the four questions and like your Seder play. You had to go through the whole thing. And like then like an hour into it, then you can have a sip of wine. So is all the food just sitting on the table this whole time that all of this is happening? Well, it's like cooking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you usually. Yeah, don't. I was just picturing everybody sitting at the table with like all the food out. (laughs) And then you're talking for like four hours. Essentially, essentially, like, you know, the thing, the good thing is that brisket needs in my family, like the main course would be brisket and brisket needs time. But yeah, you would have like literal glasses of wine or grape juice in my family. Mm -hmm. And then five hours later, you get to finally take a sip of grape juice. And and then like an a half an hour after that, you can finally have your first bite of matzah. And it's like, that's my gripe. Mm -hmm. As a girl that wants her food, wants her dinner. That's fair. um, (laughs) Sasha, would you like to share what your Passover looked like growing up? Yeah, um, growing up, I'm really like trying to remember. It was something my mom and I were trying to talk through before we came to this podcast. But it, yeah, it was very much we went to synagogue in India and then, you know, just kind of like did a Passover. And then at home, I think we did the very basic, say, the prayer um, to light the candle. And that was it. And, you know, I just can't remember doing a Seder in India. Um, and it doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just I lived there till I was 14. But like, I truly just don't have that memory. Right. Um, but interestingly, yeah, when I moved to America, I joined youth group and um, I ended up hosting my own Seder, you know, um, for work. And it's really interesting because I agree with you on all those gripes. Um, and that's why I actually like made it to where you, you know, I would have eggs and matzah and some like snacks right while the Seder was going on. So you wouldn't get bored and so that you wouldn't be so hungry uh, while you're eat- like it. It's not the Seder plate. It would be just like side things to eat. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and we'd have wine because like I think most of the time people get real turned at these Seders <laughs> um, because you're only supposed to have a sip. But usually people end up drinking the glass and then it gets refilled. <laughs> yeah. So to me, it's like if you're going to do a Seder, I under, you know, don't drink and drive, of course, yeah. and yeah. everything in moderation. But Jews, I feel like truly believe um, because they say wine marks joy in Judaism. So like wine shows up a lot in these like joyous moments. So like you do you, man. And I I hope, Sarah, that you're next year. You know, you abridge your Seder now. But um, maybe that's what the thing is. I haven't had a real Seder since I was turned 21. Like my last like real full Seder was when I was a kid. Or like not a kid, but like a teenager. So maybe that's my problem. Maybe it's that I didn't get drunk at Passover. I mean, what's a holiday without some adult beverages, right? Like even I know about that. You know, (laughs) everybody has a holiday (laughs) with beverages. So I feel like maybe if you just like hosted your own, like you do your own thing. That's what's great about being an adult. You get to form your own traditions. And like no one is saying that, oh, you have to do X, Y, Z this way. Now you can Mm -hmm. kind of like do what you want, right? Like, yes, I still hold some traditions that my family had for various holidays and just in life in general, but we also adapted some that we didn't really like for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, Yeah. that's nice. 
So what do you know about Passover, Jess? Like, what's like the cliff notes? What? So what <laughs> I know was basically, I mean, I knew basically the story as Rugrats told it because that's that was that and Prince of Egypt was how I knew anything about Judaism. Yeah, really. Which is actually great. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a mm-hmm. very like a little bit of background on me. I kind of went into it on the Rugrats Hanukkah episode, but I grew up um, Catholic. I went to Sunday school. Um, not our family. My family was not super religious. I mean, both sides of my family are Catholic, but by the time it reached me, it was kind of like, we don't really like we celebrate the holidays. We don't really go to church. I stopped going Sundays to Sunday school when I was fairly young. I don't follow any of it now. I would do not consider myself a religious person, but that's kind of like the background that I grew up with. So obviously I celebrate Christmas and Easter and, you know, those types of Christian holidays. Um, And in my town where I grew up, it very much is like, there's freaking Christian churches everywhere you look, a lot of Catholic churches. So there's not a lot of diversity where I grew up, a lot of white people and a lot of Catholics. So I didn't grow up with that exposure. Obviously, I know like what Judaism is, and it's one of like the main religions that you learn about in school. Um, so what I know about Judaism is basically what I learned probably in like eighth grade social studies and what I learned on Rugrats. Um, so <laughs> the, the, the Cliff Notes version of what I know about it is that there's a Pharaoh and there's Moses and Pharaoh is like a real bad dude and he's really mean. And he's really not nice to the Hebrews. <laughs> Um, because he wants them to be slaves of the Egyptians and all these babies were killed. They're like first sons of all of the Hebrews. Oh, sorry. I, 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 I laughed because I was thinking like you were just starting to recap the Rugrats episode. (laughs) All the babies in Rugrats die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause they kept, instead of saying like Hebrews, well, because they called them babies, they were like babies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I apologize. No, that is true. And it's not funny. No, 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 no. But it is funny. And when you think about it that way, but yes. So, like, all the Hebrews were forced to send their first sons into, like, the Nile River. But there was a baby named Moses, and he was saved in a basket. The Pharaoh finds Moses. This is where I have some questions, because the way the show portrays it is kind of weird. So, like, does the Pharaoh find Moses as a baby and, like, raise him as his own? No, um, unfortunately not. Um, according, <laughs> you know, according to the Torah, at least, um, yeah, the it's Pharaoh's sister, I believe, um, or daughter. I don't. I think they're anywhere. Her name is Batia, and she is the one that um end up draws Moses from the water. And I think oh. Moses literally means like drawn from the water mm-hmm. or taken from the water. I can't exactly remember, but um. So yeah, and Batia was the one um who actually g- took Moses. But and I was like trying to find it in my notes, um, you know, that I have over when I teach about Passover, but. I think that I believe that Pharaoh knew that Moses was, you know, a Jew or Hebrew. But I think it was one of those like nature versus nurture. I believe that, you know, nurture will be fine. Um, I don't know that it was such a big shock that he was... Yeah, because in the show, it's like they take off his thing and it's like, oh my God, like, don't let him see your Hebrew. (laughs) Yeah, and even in Prince of Egypt, right, like it's this shock. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I believe they say that everyone kind of knew of this, um, because, and I think, no, I think, and I know that, um, Moses's mom, Yocheved, is her name, um, actually, like, breastfeeds Moses. Okay. Um, she, 
So, um, yeah, when Batia draws him from the water, um, he was like, you know, obviously she knew because he's wrapped in the um, blanket um, of that, you know, the Hebrews or the enslaved people had. So she knew exactly what was going on. She drew him from the water and then she, um, Miriam, Moses's sister, was actually following him through uh, to make sure that he, you know, was safe or, you know, making sure he was not getting um, eaten in, in the mm-hmm. Nile or drowned. So Miriam actually like says, you know, hey, I know someone that can help take care of him do you want that to batia mm-hmm. and uh and yeah moses's mom actually breastfeeds him um as like you know kind of like a help or a favor to hmm. um the to batia and like the the family or the royal family however you want to say it interesting yeah so <laughs> that was the one thing that i wasn't super clear on because like obviously it's tough when they have the baby's portraying these roles it's a little bit more difficult (laughs) to really understand the the true story but I love that like I do think that like you kind of get the gist of the story from a 20 minute episode of a cartoon like you kind of understand most of the story at least and I mean obviously there's stuff left out like what you're talking about with Seder and all the different foods like some are mentioned in passing but I'm sure there's like a ton more that isn't exactly Mm -hmm. explored because you do only have 20 minutes in the show Um, but I love the opening scene of like Angelica just like chilling in the car just like spreading (laughs) the is it borscht on matzah is that what she's doing in her little? I think it's jam. Oh, it right? jam? I thought it was jam. I thought it was jam as well. I saw the word borscht um, on something, so maybe that wasn't so, it. Oh, hmm. I mean, she could have, but that's traditionally not what you would put on matzah. Like, I mean, you could put butter on matzah. You could put jam on matzah. Mm-hmm. You can make. I mean, when I was a kid, what we often did was do peanut butter and jelly sandwiches Ooh, with matzah, yum. which is a. Uh, a traditional lunch um, during Passover <laughs> because the whole thing is that you can't have um, un- is you can't have anything with yeast in it, so you can't have anything yeah. that like rises. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's essentially it's that the as the Jews are fleeing Egypt, they didn't have an, uh, enough time to let the bread rise. So um. when they baked. When they baked it, it became flat. Right, and that's what um, Chucky did, right? Chucky forgot. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the story, Chucky forgets the yeast, and yeah. so they're all, right. like, super flat. Yeah, 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 Which yeah. Which is a cute way Which, of telling that story. Yeah, yeah. So that's why we don't have, like, bread or, like, pasta or, like, anything that's, like, you know, it's called not kosher for Passover. So you, or is it, un- like... Parv, P A E R V R E. P A R V E. Yeah, Parv. Yeah. So, um, so that is, I, so matzah, matzah is like not that bad. I mean, sometimes you can get it for free at the shop, right? If you spend over $50. (laughs) (laughs) Can you really? They they do deals like that around Christmas and Thanksgiving as well. Like you get a free turkey if you spend enough money and you get a free like ham (laughs) or they have substitutes as well if you're not into meat. Like you get tofu or something. So Um, you get your five pound box. It lasts you for the entire year. Yeah, <laughs> then you just do it again the next and it, year. It usually expires right before Passover the next year, which <laughs> yeah. is like the amazingly travesty. so, amazingly yeah. so. Egg matzah. Um, have you ever had egg matzah? Because actually, that's pre- it's it's that's really good. Yeah, I have, and it's almost like wannabe French toast, like mm-hmm. kind of. And then 
I do matzo pizza a good amount of times. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I keep kosher in life, as in like I eat kosher meat, so I don't keep kosher for Passover. It's like my own weird conviction. Don't ask hey, me why. No, it makes sense. Um, but I was like, I do K for life. Like I can't be K for P all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, also because I'm such a picky eater. But yeah, it's matzo pizza is like the one thing that I'll be like, I'll give up pizza and eat matzo pizza instead. And it's not so hot. It really is not. But, <laughs> you know, it, it's a compromise. I think so. it's, it's just like, I may just think matzo pizza, but don't eat it. It's not that great. <laughs> no, that's pretty like, much it. Yeah. Bake it. Matzo is like, I think non-Jews like matzo more than Jews do. Yeah. And it's it's just really well, funny. Well, it's probably just me. because Maybe they don't have to eat it all the time. Exactly. So it's, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Have you ever heard of soft matzah, Sasha? No. What? There's oh this my God, I have to look soft matzah recipe that came mm. up. Um, and it actually looks really good. It kind of looks like a, like a naan mm. or like a oh, pita bread. Does. I love naan. I actually like making pizza with naan. Oh, it's so good. Interesting. I think that you and I should try this, get yes. back to each other and see. Let's. <laughs> yeah. I know. I need to. I'm cooking matzo ball soup tonight anyway, so Ooh, we'll let you know. There you go. That's oh. the one Ashkenazi food that I'm mm-hmm. into. Everything else, I was like, I where's your spices at? But <laughs> matzo ball soup is like really. Yeah. Let's just get. Let's get here. into that quickly as we're arriving almost um, at the... Yeah, because they're making you know, matzo ball soup at Boris house. Yeah, so um, a traditional fare at Passover at my house would have been you got your starters of your gefilte fish, unfortunately. You got <laughs> your um, liver, your chopped liver. You got your... Um, horseradish so you got all of that like horseradish then, like as like a sauce on the side you would have it number one it's on the seder plate okay. but number two it also is something that you can put on your matzah so Ooh, that's, a spicy yeah. matzah. that's what people do okay spicy matzah <laughs> it really clears everything <laughs> i would imagine i mean out. i've had like horseradish yeah. mayo but not like straight up horseradish mm-hmm. yeah and then you would have your um Matzo ball soup. That was something that we had. I think we typically also had some sort of like garden salad at my house. And then <laughs> you would have brisket and vegetables. And I think that was pretty much what I remember the most because you can't have you can't have your kugel because it's noodles. So you can't have that. Um and then as far as dessert, there was always like kosher for Passover desserts that you would get at the local bakery. The macaroons. Oh, my God. So macaroons. My first introduction to macaroons is not like the pretty French like yeah. pastries, which are like, I guess you call them macarons, but like <laughs> macar- but I, my ass calls them macaroons. But so so macaroons are Satan's cookie because they are like little they're basically just coke shredded coconut in a ball with some sort of like cookie is this is that legitimately known as the devil's cookie or did you just no 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 No. you just don't believe in the devil no i know that but i was like (laughs) in my mind 
So, no, they're just, like, little, like, balls right. of, like, shredded coconut and, like, grossness. And then sometimes they're, like, dipped in chocolate and sometimes they're not. I don't know. I don't like them at all. I don't like, know if I I've honestly them. ever had a macaroon. I know what a macaron is. They're the ones that look like little mm-hmm. sandwiches. But yeah. I don't know. Do you like yeah. Do you like coconut? I like um I like the cookies that the Girl Scouts sell that have it on there. So maybe you would like it. I like almond joys. So yeah, maybe. Oh, no, no, they're still they're just a special kind of just a mess. <laughs> like I don't I love I love like it's like all the foods we get to eat, you're like, well, they're really not that good though. <laughs> yeah. There's some. Like I said, matzo ball soup is number great. one fire. Yeah. Like brisket i'm not a super fan but like i think it tastes good Mm -hmm. i want to say but yeah i think unfortunately that's kind of it there's these like black Black and white cookies oh i've had those that are also a thing oh black and whites yes of course those are great i don't know what they're like actually called i think that's Um, i mean that's what i know them as as well are black and white cookies um so and then, but like, I mean, latkes is a good Jewish food, but you don't traditionally have them. <gasps> I love latkes. My mom would make, um, they're potato pancakes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mom would make yeah. potato pancakes with applesauce every once yep. in a while. That's that's what you do for Hanukkah, but you don't traditionally get latkes for um, Passover. So, Sasha, do you want to share um, what your traditional Passover food would be? Yeah, so um, again, I'm an Indian Jew. Um, so Beni Israeli Jews, which is like Jews from Mumbai, um, where I am from, we usually end up eating a lot of just Indian food because thank God, um, one Indian food mostly is gluten free, right? Like, which is kind of the measurement of everyday food. So there's a lot of like soups as well. But uh, my grandma makes this most fire soup um, with like this. I'm sure every Jewish family has the like that soup mix from the like the jewish store i know I what you're talking Israeli. about i know what you're talking yeah. about it's with in a yellow red, container with yes, the red top yep. exactly mm-hmm. thank I you i know her <laughs> yeah so you know with that soup with like some garam masala of course and a little bit of indian flair so we did a lot of that and um something for passover i think again my grandma's because um like my grandparents, like family um, or sisters and brothers would also cook. And it would be this green curry chicken, like was our Passover thing with um, it's technically like a dosa crepe, but, you know, it doesn't rise. It's made out of specific things um, with dates like that's also another piece of it. And of course, the Seder plate is pretty standard. It's literally written in the Haggadah or the prayer book, like what it's supposed to look like and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But for the for the like fun food, yeah, it was mostly just Indian food and um Bene Israeli Jews are allowed to eat rice, um, which I know I don't know if your family um, as Ashkenazi Jews do, but um, we're allowed to also eat rice. So that also thankfully helps us and we can eat mostly everything. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty jealous. Like I would much rather have the food at your house um, (laughs) than the food at mine. And I, and it's really because Ashkenazi Jews are just, like, not known for, like, incredible food. They will say their food is incredible. But the tea is, is that I would much, much rather go to your house, hang out with your grandma, <laughs> um, eat there. So. 
Yeah. I mean, it also for folks to understand, like Ashkenazi Jews have also had an interesting history, which is why their food is like this, uh, where um, there are a lot of them lived in shtetls um, mm-hmm. or, you know, little um, villages. Um, and there was a lot of prosecution. I mean, for most Jews everywhere, um, but especially Ashkenazi Jews, there's a lot of like troubled history, which is why a lot of their food um, di- like kind of not di- yeah dictates or is dictated by that history uh right that's why i don't want to like sound like oh i'm just like dogging on it so much but it's just um it, it, i understand why but yeah it's not the most flavorful and i don't know that they had access when this food was kind of that makes um, sense showing up first yeah, and then but so now much about yeah judaism is religion uh, is mm-hmm. sorry so much about judaism Culture. is tradition yes so it's you know it's the the the, tra- the tradition of it so it's like that's kind of what we're learning on this like car ride um to Boris and Minka's it's um we got um Angelica and her family coming um there's a kerfuffle about um with the Sultan of Brunei um yes. and Angelica like all she wants is presents and she's trying yes. to ask the meaning of Passover, but like neither of her parents really know. Neither of them are Jewish, but they were just like yeah. invited as like a you know like oh why don't you guys come too type of thing, um, which mm-hmm. I love. I thought that was so nice that like I mean yeah like Chucky and um and Charles are there. You know what I mean? Like Chaz is there. They like they invited other people to kind of celebrate with them, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we mentioned earlier how Stu and uh, Dee Dee are like um, are coming and they're they're having like their little conversation as like couples do when they're on their way to family functions mm-hmm. of like there's always a complainer and we're like oh like I can't like like I don't I, we gotta get out of here early blah blah oh blah. yeah there's always like the discussion on the way to like a family event where it's like if mm-hmm. I do this that means it's time to go like if I make this signal that means we're out skis and you know that right. like Stu is my dad in this situation where like he doesn't want to go to the family thing but even if it's his own family which in this case it's not and Dee Dee is like listen it's tradition we have to go it's Passover it's and she's like really excited and it's you know it's, yeah, she it's Passover it's meaningful if it's so meaningful why aren't there presents how old are you Stu how old are you <gasps> he is a toy as, inventor ugh. yeah Peter Pan. <laughs> as old as Angelica yes no it's just so funny because it's he's it's so capitalistic right like the I mean every holiday has become capitalistic yes. even Hanukkah right like the commercialization mm-hmm. of all of it um even though Hanukkah is not even such a big holiday for Jews. Nope. But, um, and I know y'all talked about this, but it's so funny because he was like, where's the presents? And I was like, no, sometimes holidays, I don't know if this is, um, I know, rather I should say, because I lived in India, I know Hindu holidays at least, like they aren't, like sometimes it really is about the meaning and like being yeah. together. Like that's way more important than yeah. a lot of this like other commercialized, like whatever right. comes with it like shirts and this and that which are cute and like i'm into it i own ugly sweaters too but um it's it's an interesting piece definitely when i moved to america to see like how holidays have become um or are yeah. rather maybe always been um versus like 
in where I grew up in India where it wasn't so siloed, right? Like everyone celebrates everything and you go to whoever's house and, you know, you can eat whatever. Like that's the point of it. And so, yeah. So I was just like, Stu, shut up. Like just get over it. It's really frustrating. And I think, I mean, obviously things haven't, we'd hope things would change and it wouldn't be all about the presents and all about the like buying things and, and throwing decorations up, which is fun and it's nice and I enjoy doing it. But I agree, like, especially this past year with COVID and everything, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people not being able to see their families on special holidays, who gives a shit about the presents? Like that to me, that was like, you know, I mean, not that I, I love presents. I love giving and receiving presents, but like not being able to see your family properly or sit inside in front of a Christmas tree on Christmas. I mean, that was like the heartbreak. It's not that, oh, I didn't get that, you know, whatever I wanted for Christmas. It was just it's the tradition. And and like I couldn't bake Christmas cookies with my mom this year. And we always do that. And like that's not even like that's nothing to do with presents. That's just the tradition of like something that you do on a holiday. So I think like especially that really came to me in this episode when it's like Didi's like no this is Passover like this is tradition this is what my family does mm-hmm. and everything Stu did just got on my nerves because it was just like it was like disrespectful like and I understand not like maybe you think it's boring Stu but like respect that like that's Didi's family and that's her tradition yeah. you know and I know it's not your thing but you have your thing you know what I mean you get Christmas yeah <laughs> That's And that's like she true. puts up with so much yes. from him, right? Like every single episode is something breaking down, something blowing up. Yep. So, you know, like so he's always wild and doing something crazy. So you can put up with this, my guy. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Great points. Great points. I, I, I see what you're <laughs> saying, especially the lack of enthusiasm when he has to talk about um, he has the tour, the Seder plate, yeah. and he's, uh, you know, giving no emotion, giving no passion. Honor, in my opinion, like that is a huge mm-hmm. honor as someone who's like not even Jewish to be given that opportunity. Like, have fun with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's ex- it's as exciting as you make it, in my opinion. If you're going to have to read it anyway, put some freaking oomph in it. You know, he's so bland That's true. About it. Obviously, he's not a Leo. Obviously, he's, uh, <laughs> he's not making it a big story. Excuse me, yeah. attention right oh, here. Man. Let me read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Think- but here's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, after you. No, here's my like biggest issue with. This is, like, annoying, I know. But, like, with Jews in general, like, our stuff does not have to be so boring. Like, why do we make it so boring? Um, Like, you know, it's just, there's, like, the story is so beautiful. And you could see, like, everyone was really into it when Boris started telling it. So, one, it's, like, I want us, you know, as a collective people to figure out how to, you know, be more comfortable with our, like, truth and our, like, stories Mm -hmm. and our traditions, rather, maybe I should say, because um, it doesn't, again, it doesn't need to be so boring. Like, I don't speak any Hebrew at all. And, you know, I run, like, I ran multiple seders. And they were about social justice because, you know, that's what college students also are passionate about. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm passionate about. So seders, interestingly, are the something you can actually, like, pick and play and pick and choose like you know what parts you want to highlight over others and what parts you can kind of cut out or go you know go quickly so it's just this is like my real gripe though so I I understand Sarah also your point you know with why like it is boring um and there have you know it is like so dragging especially when you're reading the story you're just like my god I've like the fifth time like you know I I don't need I know it I don't need to say it out loud right 
Yeah. So how do we make it fun? Like, let the kids, you know, make up a whole story. Like, I had college students. Um, I said, you know, make make the story twenty first century. Like, mm-hmm. make it something funny. Hmm. And yeah, and they were like texting the plagues, and you know, the plagues became modern, where like you know, no Wi Fi and like ghosting, <laughs> and you know, that's like, funny. That's, that's those funny. became the plagues. Yeah. And to me, that's what I wish like Jews in general could yeah. do. Maybe this is should be my next job. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, how do I help Jewish families like make it more fun? But no, that sounds really amazing. I think that it's just probably. I mean, it's great to keep tradition. It's great to the whole point is like you know remembering our past and our history and retelling it for generations to come. But yeah, like maybe we need to like you know rebrand uh, Passover. Passover needs a PR team. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. I, I I think that's a great point. Um. I do. And and honestly, maybe my biggest issue was really the um my family seder. <laughs> I never I've never been to a, a separate <laughs> seder than my own family's. Yeah. So maybe maybe just maybe if I um you know went to a different family, maybe I would not have ops <laughs> yeah. with Passover. And I think it's No, no, I think your stuff is valid. I want to name <laughs> it. Like it, a lot of folks feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like um and I think I I did too before I got to control it. I will. I think yeah. that's what it is though. Like when you're when a certain tradition, especially maybe one that isn't really enticing is kind of forced on you over time I feel like it's very a natural inclination to kind of rebel against it and want to do something different and I think that's the best part about traditions is you can mold and shape them you know what I mean and obviously religion is kind of a touchy thing in terms of tradition because oh this is the way it's always been done and this is how we do it um, but I like the idea of like updating it as time moves on because everything needs to be yeah. updated in the world at yeah. some point <laughs> Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Um, I think that's a good point. Yeah. And I love to. So like we talked about how like Chaz and Chucky are there. And even like Charles says like, oh, I don't follow a religion, but thank you for including me. I love mm-hmm. that about this show that like they have, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like Dee Dee is Jewish and, and Chaz is maybe like, I guess you could say agnostic or, you know, atheist or something like that. Um, And, and we mm-hmm. know they celebrate Christmas. So there's at least some Christianity in there. And just kind of having everybody represented in this one episode and kind of come together to celebrate Passover. I really, really liked um, and then we get to the point yeah. where Chucky and Tommy uh, want to go find toys. So they break out and go to the <laughs> attic and Angelica lets them out because Passover is about freedom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Angelica's like, you know, one for the people in this episode in a way. In, in one sh- way. <laughs> in, in some ways. Not, um, not in all the ways. <laughs> She really connects with the yeah, pharaoh yeah. in a really not great way. <laughs> She's a mess. I yeah. love this. Is, I also thought it was really funny because I also made that note. Like, has Angelica ever been nice to the babies? Like, we can maybe like very rarely, and it, maybe it's only on holidays. Like, that's her tradition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Or <laughs> that's true. Or when she's about to move away, or when she feels oh, like threatened, yeah. or. 
Like, when she just gets bored. You know, when she and needs them. Yeah. When it mm-hmm. serves her well. Yeah, yes. that's true. That's true. Yeah, Angelica so, really is like a boss yeah. bee. You have like your characters like oh, Helga yeah. Pataki from Hey Arnold and like all these like blonde boss bees, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I mean, she, the Angelica's mom might be like, busy and like an HBIC but at least it's like she's a CEO like you know she's like commanding um like she's awesome in a way but maybe needs to spend more time with her daughter but that's you know it's hard to balance all the plates so the babies and Angelica go upstairs to the attic and guess who's there grandpa Minka grandpa Boris because him and Minka got into a fight over the wine glasses, which wine glasses to use. <laughs> yeah. And he got locked up there. And then the babies and Angelica got locked up there with Grandpa Boris as well. Yep. So then he's like, oh, sit down, everybody. I'll tell you the story of Passover and yeah. the Egyptians and the Hebrews. And um, yeah, I, I loved this part. I mean, I it, it really was reminiscent of like the Hanukkah episode where it's, again, Boris like telling the story to the babies. And I love this spin on it where they have like the babies are the Hebrews um, mm-hmm. and Angelica is obviously the Pharaoh as <laughs> as she must be, <laughs> as is destined. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh my God. I appreciate she also changed the gender of Pharaoh. Yes. She's like, so can Pharaoh be a girl? And like, Boris doesn't even bat an eye. And he's like, yeah, yeah sure. Okay, of great. Whatever. Let's move on. Yeah. Like, who cares? <laughs> Cleopatra, hello. But yeah. 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 <laughs> oh my God. That was just such a like funny, sweet moment where Angelica, you could tell because I think, um, I, I don't know which, but this line has stuck with me. I probably will for the rest of my life where Angelica's mom Charlotte says right like if I want my daughter to be the CEO of a fortune 500 company by the time something like she needs to be like eating and breathing um self-esteem I think mm-hmm. and girl you did it because look at Angelica she has, Angelica. Like, she's like, she has self-esteem out the wazoo like that's what I oh, appreciate yeah. about Charlotte as a character being that she mm-hmm. is a CEO she is a boss bitch like it's not Drew that is the one doing that it is her and then you have Angelica mm-hmm. who yeah like she can be problematic and like a bully but she does have self-esteem and confidence which is mm-hmm. great you know because then you have your characters like Chucky who maybe he's lacking a little bit in that department yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah and then eventually kind of like everybody gets stuck up in the attic with Boris <laughs> um and we and meanwhile like Stu is trying to read the whole thing for Seder and he they he gets an argument with Dee Dee about whether it's herb or herb um <laughs> and everybody eventually just gets like bored and is like I'll go find the kids <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, because, you know, like we said before, Stu's, like, putting no passion into the Seder. He is very monotone. He doesn't want to be there. Then you get, like, the awkwardness of him and Dee Dee, like, fighting, which is pretty, pretty, you know. It's standard for a holiday. (laughs) standard for a holiday. Exactly. Um, So not surprising. Feels like home to me. Um, So... Yeah, everybody gets locked up in the attic. Nobody is listening when they say don't close the door. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be pretty irritated. I'd be like, please, just like before you say anything to me, prop the door open, yeah. please. 
I would like be running to. The, I know Grandpa Boris probably can't run so fast. Yeah. But, like I'd be like, no, you stay right there, don't move. move. Yeah. Like I'm getting out of here first. You know, yeah. like screw y'all. And there was uh, no like banging on the attic door. No. Like open up, open up. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're telling a story. We're just gonna like it's sit right sit. down, and we're okay. <laughs> we're okay with being locked. It's fine. Oh my God. Yeah, you'd think that Boris, when he got locked up there alone, would have been like banging on the door to get out. But I guess. I guess he's he's chill. He's fine with it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um and then so then he goes so he's talking through the story um and we kind of talked through a little bit of the story earlier and when Moses returns, um he wants the Pharaoh to let the Hebrews free um or he's going to mm-hmm. like send all these plagues. And then you see I love the the kind of um what is it called where they're going through all the different plagues on on the show where there's like the yeah. frogs and the lice. Mm-hmm. The darkness, then there's vile beasts and locusts. Yeah, um, we're missing some plagues, right, mm-hmm. Sasha? Which ones are we're, we missing? we're missing we're missing about five plagues. Oh my goodness. There's ten, yeah. There's, there's ten, ten plagues. plagues. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So the, the, we miss boils, which I understand. Oh why. god, no. <laughs> I don't know that we wanted to see that. Yeah, no. no boils. Um hail. Yeah. Hail and, oh, and hail. Oh, fire. Show. And fire. There yes. there was actually hail pieces, but they didn't um, sh- they didn't say. Got hail. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Who Who else are we Are we missing here? Let me see. Hold on. Yeah. So we had frogs, lice, darkness. What? One, two, three. We had five, mm-hmm. and six was the firstborn. Um. Unfortunately, but um. But they so said that's the, six, and then yeah. four was yeah hail, fire, boils, and one more. Oh my goodness. I can't remember. Yeah, it was a tough time. Yeah. For yeah. yeah. So basically, like Pharaoh. Promises to let Hebrews go if Moses stops the plagues. Oh, here I got one it? that's pretty creepy. Water turning into blood. Not fun. Oh, that was a plague? I'm glad or, that they didn't show that yeah, on Rugrats. According to this Oh, yeah, list. blood is the first one. Yes. Goodness gracious. Yeah, oh yeah so gosh. that makes sense why we didn't cover that. They said, like, the first, they didn't say, like, you know, it's the killing of the first born but they yeah they, they left that part that, out that is like what i mean we all know what's happening yeah um so yeah so basically like the pharaoh go lets moses and says that like oh if you stop the plates i'll let the hebrews go so they're all like prepping to leave and then pharaoh changes his mind and it's like nope everybody has to stay so moses is like pissed he's like you better let them go or tomorrow's gonna be real bad See, yeah, Jessica should lead a Seder. I got like, it. Look at her. Yeah, Listen, I got the pizzazz. I have the pizzazz. I might not know you all do. the details, but I have I have the showmanship. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just play this at your next Seder. <laughs> You're done. Dying you. Like, this would have been enough. Um, and so, right, so Moses is, like, really pissed. And he's like, you better let the Hebrews go or tomorrow's going to be really bad. And... The final plague is the firstborn of every Egyptian household will be they have taken away, but like we all know it's it's mm-hmm. killed. And right. um so my question for you guys. So the the whole thing is with the Hebrews, they have to mark their doors so that the plague will skip the Hebrews' doors, right? So that's it right. will pass over the Hebrews' doors. Yeah. <laughs> um so what was it just paint? Is that what they were using? No. Was it blood? It's sacrificial lamb. Oh, I knew it was gonna be blood. Oh, I knew it was. Yeah, so it's it's yeah, blood it's, and yeah. And that's why we have a, a shank on our Seder plate to represent the sh- sacrificial gotcha. lamb. Okay. And so this plague, so like just so I understand, because plagues are like kind of like mystical in nature, right? So it's not mm-hmm. like there are people. 
breaking down the doors and like stealing babies out of cribs no, or something. No. This is like a thing. No, so it's you were yeah. you were to like know or I think assume. So first, I think first and what most important piece is that like yeah, um so when Moses runs away, right? Like he is like uh when he's in uh becomes a shepherd with the yes. Midians, uh he actually like doesn't want to do this uh, Moses interestingly also had a stutter so he never wanted to speak and he mm. actually doesn't speak um Aaron his brother uh does speak does all the speaking for him which is why I think Chucky's there with Moses all the time right. but imagine if they were actually flipped when it came to at least elocu- elocution okay um not like necessarily fear or bravery but just like speaking wise Moses had a stutter so he never wanted to do this so God said I will work through you and this staff mm. so it was oh, yeah, never like staff into a snake okay yeah yep. into a yep. snake exactly um so it was never moses or it's never like aaron it's never one person it's always god but god just like doesn't come down um to speak or moses actually is the only person i believe that god spoke to one-on-one um i think in the whole Torah as well. I don't even think through Abraham. I think Abraham met um, angels. So anyway, uh, yeah. So it's not people. It's like God kind of putting this Got like it. mist. I think mist is the best way to describe it because it's just like the spirit or the angel yeah. of death. Yeah, I'm not trying to make it seem like over. witchcraft or anything, but it is yeah, like, no, it's no, not no, like a it's, physical person yes, like it's going It's mystical. In. For yeah, sure. it's, a, it's, a, it's a mystical force. It's like, yeah. the, it's the angel of death right. that... Um, is going from door to door. Right. So. And I this is the yeah. scene that I really loved because they did like modernize it where like you have Angelica as the <laughs> pharaoh like using the phone that has like the Egyptian on <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> and calling her dad and Hired being like, oh, daddy, am I the firstborn? Like... <laughs> Yeah. It was oh only children, God. though, right? It wasn't like yeah. you weren't like an adult and like you're a firstborn. It was firstborn sons, actually. Yeah. So I appreciate mm-hmm. like how they made that like children. But yeah, it's usually unfortunately firstborn sons. And I think because Pharaoh actually had a son um, who does die, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, not so hot, no. um, Jews. That, that was wrong on you. Um, but... Yeah, so it's an interesting piece. Also, like, Indian Jews still do this. Like, they will, like, the kosher. My grandpa actually used to cut kosher meat for the town. So they, like, sell these, like, handprints um, that you put over your door. Oh, that's very oh, wow. cool. Yeah, so it's still a thing. Was like, it, like, a um, sticker? No, it's it's a little, like, just piece of part, paper that, you know, some, like, oh, the, the, the rabbi will, like, put his, you know, dip his hand on, in the blood and then put it on the paper and then wow. you sell the paper. Yeah. That's really And then cool. it's just, like, a literal hand yeah. um, over your house. That's hmm. so cool. Yeah. I, That's very I interesting. Love this, I love this part of the episode because it is, like, they modernize it and they make it kind of, like, cutesy for what it really mm-hmm. is. But they do a good job, like yes. you said, like, Maybe it wasn't, you know, the Pharaoh wouldn't have gotten taken because he's an adult. But I like how they kind of modernized it and tweaked the story yeah. just a little bit just to make it kind of work within. Um, yeah. And right. So then the Pharaoh hears knocking <laughs> and is like terrified of being taken away. So he runs to Moses and it's like, OK, 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 fine. I'll let you go. Just like stop the plagues. And this is when we get the Tommy and Chucky scene with the bread and how there's no yeast in it. And so that's how they discovered matzah. And I love Angelica being like, that's why we can't have cookies. 
<laughs> I also love that Chucky wipes off the red paint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like, like okay. Oh. He's like, there's some stuff on your door. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. Don't, Don't worry. worry. I wiped it off. <laughs> yes. And if Chucky's supposed to be second in command, which he always is mm-hmm. more than likely, like, I was like, wouldn't you know this? Like, you you think he should know. Sweet, yeah. Yeah. A moment. So innocent. <laughs> Chucky. Yeah, Tommy doesn't give Chucky the lowdown very well. No, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> also, where are the twins? They weren't like, we invited. The twins a little bit. Well, they were. In, but why were the? They were there, like in the story. I but know. They weren't, maybe they just like. Well, I, I want to say I, I want to say that they're Catholic. Like it. I want to say they are, but I'm not positive mm-hmm. on that. And maybe that's why. Although you'd think they would still invite them anyway. There's yeah. nothing saying that Catholics can't go to Passover. Yeah. Justice for the twins. We need them too. I know. Maybe yeah. they're just keeping it like really tight. I don't know. That is a good question. I don't know why they weren't there. Keep it keep it tight. Keep it keep tight. It tight. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so then, of course, you have like the Pharaoh having second thoughts about releasing all the slaves again. It's like we've been here and done this before. But, you know, we saw what happened last time. But you do you, Pharaoh. And um, <laughs> because what basically what happens is Angelica asks for like reptar cereal and, you know, oh, you gave away the slave that brings me that. And my favorite line, and I actually got this line because I'm an adult now. And she's like, you threw out the baby with the bathwater. And I was like, Ha-ha. that was good. That was good. That was a good one, Angelica. It was so good. So good. She yeah. had a few of these. She had the um, old, reg- what was the dirty hairy line when um, they first came? The dirty hair when they first got to, to yeah when she met uh, Moses uh, slash Tommy for the first oh. time. Wait, I wrote it down. Anyway, we can we can come back to it because I wrote it down. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember because yes. Oh my god, not me. Oh yeah, go ahead, make my day. <laughs> she says that to um, yes. To, the Pharaoh says that to Moses, like go ahead, make my day, and then the plague start. Yep. <laughs> Oh, it was so good. And then, like, so, right. So then Pharaoh goes to catch up to the Hebrews all leaving. And then we have the famous ocean sea. Like, even I know this much, right? Where he parts mm-hmm. the sea and all the Hebrews mm-hmm. are leaving. And then, of course, the Pharaoh's chasing after him. And then, whoosh, water everywhere. <gasps> Yeah, I'm telling you, I am entranced by your story, Jessica. I wish that, like, yeah. The problem is with podcasting, it's like, it's a very, you know, it's obviously an audio medium and no one can see, like, the fantastic yeah, arm I know. movements There's, that are happening. Yeah, she's got those those uh, those arm movements going. Yeah, you'd think I was Italian uh, by how much I move my arms yeah. around, but I'm yeah. truly not. Yeah. Yeah, she there's some passion with the arms. She is nearly one of those like airplane directors on <laughs> this, this, sorry. <laughs> Jessica would be on the other side well, of the, the Red the Sea. Like this come way. this way. Come this way. You know, someone actually probably had to do that because th- this is the same crew that then once they get to the other side gets lost for forty <laughs> like what years? I was about to say forty days. Forty, 40 years. years. Traveling in Egypt to Israel. Come on now. These poor Hebrews. They've been through it. You know, they brought it on themselves, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, where's the GPS? Like, let's go. Oh, my God. God was like, not today. Your GPS is done. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's rough. I would not be one of hanging out in the desert for 40 years. I'd be like, I quit. You know what? Like, I'll just go. No, I'm just joking. They did say awful, that. Though. Yeah. They, yeah, they did say that. And that's when God was like, definitely not. So that's why yeah. they did actually allegedly, like, stay I think 40 years because they wanted that generation unfortunately that had that enslaved mentality um, because they started saying like oh we had it so much easier in Egypt oh god um to like leave and not enter like the promised land yeah so it's really sad <sighs> very vengeful yeah it ends up much like a nicer ending in the in yeah. the show in that they're all free and they did it and the pharaoh gets like wiped away with the water and then everybody <laughs> manages to get out of the attic and go get some matzo ball soup. Um, well, no, actually, they're going to do that. Yeah. And then the door closes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now everybody's stuck up there. And I don't know what they're going to do now. Like, I mean, come on. Stu is an inventor. If he can't find a way to get a freaking door open, seriously, revoke your inventor's license. I got to be honest with you. If there's... One screwdriver up there in that entire attic, they are free. Well, also, they're it fine. seems like, honestly, like, you wouldn't pass your inspection if you had a door like that in your attic because that's a serious life safety issue. Like, you should be able to have egress. I am concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I, do I don't think like... anyone's looking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's looking. Yeah, I know. They probably had that house for, like, 50 years or yeah. more. Oh, and one of the underrated parts of the episode we didn't really get into because it's not super relevant is every single time that Boris is named is mentioned, Minka just, like, loses her mind. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> Boris. Boris. <laughs> I know. But then she was so shady. And, like, I mean this in the best way. Like, she was reading him to Phil. She was like, oh, you want to wash your hands with the Seder? How about you wash these cups? Yeah, look at how spotty oh, they are. <laughs> Yeah, Minka Queen. And then all of a sudden she lost it. And like you could tell that they obviously just really love each other because he also was like, oh, I was acting stupid. Yeah, he realizes it. Yeah. Wine glasses. But it was just so funny because I was like, you were dragging him a scene ago and now you're crying. Like this is so funny. (laughs) Oh, a question because when Boris is talking to the kids um, up in the attic, like this is early on. He says, I, I'm assuming it's like Yiddish or something. It, it sounds like he says it in frustration. And I think it was like Haserum or something like that. No. OK. I was wondering mm. if you guys knew what that was. I could have written it down incorrectly. I'm not sure exactly what he said. But I was just curious because I know that there were some like Yiddish words that I didn't know in the Hanukkah episode. Um, mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't know what it was then. Maybe maybe somebody listening could tell me what it was. I thought it sounded like he said Haserum. Has, I wrote H-A-Z-E-R-U-M. Yeah. But I, you know, that was just me trying to write it phonetically. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've never heard it. But I also, again, like, don't speak Yiddish. So could not tell you. But yeah, I hope Bubby is not like mad at me for not knowing <laughs> what that is. She might oh, be. Uh, yeah. Okay, so the Hatserim looks like it's a kibbutz, like a name of a kibbutz or like a farmyard um, oh, in right. the Negev Desert or in Israel. So maybe that's what he um, said. So I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that's what he was talking about, but. Interesting. No idea. I, uh, I stayed in a kibbutz when I went to Israel. Um, 
that was a part of our itinerary. And that was an awesome experience. There were, you know, it was like a big open like area with tons of little houses. And, you know, they work together. That's the point of a kibbutz. That's like a mini community and everybody works together um, to like have their own community and neighborhood. And like there's like people that volunteer for cooking and like all this stuff. It was a great experience. It was like. Felt like, like, I guess like a comparable, it's not comparable, but it, you know how like when you're dorming at college and there's like all these little buildings (laughs) and then you have like your center courtyard and you're like all hanging out with each other. It has like that same feeling in a way of community, just like having your own little, you know. It's, and I, I, this is positive, but like, yeah, it's like socialist, right? Where everyone works Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for the same goal. um, Yeah. And yeah, and it's like. Again, not in a cult way, but like a combine, you know, where like yeah, everyone yeah. works together and everyone can leave. Like, I want to make that clear. But, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, it's that like I was able, I'm not still there. I was able to <laughs> yeah. leave. That's true. Same. I was like, I've been to a few kibbutz as well. <laughs> um, But I, I, I just think that like the legacy that Rugrats created um, with their Passover episode, with their Hanukkah episode, I think it was just once again, I think it was so many people's first exposure to not only Judaism, but like definitely Passover, definitely Hanukkah, which I really appreciate. Um, you know, another um, episode that Nickelodeon did was Harold's Bar Mitzvah and Hey Arnold, which was I think I've spoken about before. But, you know, seeing Harold like prepare for his Bar Mitzvah was like, you know, for me, who also had to do that it and it's a very (laughs) stressful thing as well um it's just great seeing that representation Mm -hmm. um in media in cartoons meant for children but also adults could appreciate it as well Mm -hmm. yeah especially because it's so easy for them to do just like a christmas episode or an easter episode or something where like it's super common to have those types of things available so i love that they did something different again especially because it was the 90s and this wasn't commonplace for a show to do this um it did help kids i mean in both regards right like it helped jewish kids like you sarah like be like wow that's me like i'm on tv and also like me like oh i didn't know that even existed because i certainly wasn't exposed to it as a kid Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I wish more shows did this when we were kids. Yeah, and they were actually asked to do a Hanukkah special. And I think the writers decided that, no, we're going to actually pitch Passover instead, which I thought mm. is just such a beautiful moment because, one, yeah, Passover is way more important than mm-hmm. Hanukkah. Um, and then they ended up doing Hanukkah the next mm-hmm. season. But um, this is why, yeah, they did Passover first is because I think, and I rightfully so, I think is a little bit more important when, you know, if you were to ever rank the Jewish holidays. And um, it's really, like, it was just a beautiful moment, even now where, you know, we're just able to say that we had representation that wasn't just, like, the Jewish Christmas. Um, Even though, like, he had, Boris had a menorah behind him the whole time, which was really weird, um, or Hanukkah, um, which I was like, okay. Like, no one just has them laying around, I don't think. Well, actually... 
Um, I know like a couple of like, so I'm in design and I've known a couple of families that I've worked for that have a like manure collection and they Ooh, use yes. it for like decor. So yeah. maybe, maybe they're Hanukkah enthusiasts over at Boramika's <laughs> house. They keep it out all year long for decor. <laughs> um, hey, if you if that was like an actual gold one, yes, they definitely should because mm-hmm. that's worth the money. Yeah, if you better expensive. get your money's My worth. God. <laughs> yeah, they keep it next to the kiddish cup. So <laughs> yeah, that's oh <laughs> right. Um, but I, I I I do appreciate it. Um, we get into some of the history of how these episodes came to be on our Rugrats Hanukkah episode, as well as some critiques that you know were thrown their way about being stereotypical. Um, they they had um the Anti Defamation League. Um, there was a bit of a controversy about a comic that was written. So. Um, unless Sasha, you want to touch on that at all, I would suggest um, we had a really great conversation mm-hmm. with Mike Bloom about it um, back in December um, with our Rugrats Hanukkah episode. So if you liked this and you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we talked about our Hanukkah traditions in that episode. So yeah, I learned um, a lot in that episode, too. I love these because I get to learn so much. Like, honestly, I don't know a lot of it. And even if I did learn it once upon a time, as you become an adult, your brain kind of loses some stuff because it has to make room for other things. So <laughs> I appreciate learning everything about it. And you guys were like so great with explaining everything. I mean, I hope that obviously and anybody who's Jewish probably knows exactly what you're talking about with everything in Passover. But hopefully uh, anybody who's not learned a little bit as well and maybe not even just watching the episode, but listening to us talk about it, because it was so much fun to talk about this and kind of have the the Rugrats version of of Passover. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as a tradition, just double checking um, Sasha's Twitter to see if she has tweeted about Rugrats Passover <laughs> in the past. No. Or Rugrats in general. No, doesn't seem like sh- that um, that Sasha has tweeted about Rugrats. I love how what this a shame! Tradition. <laughs> it's, uh, nope, nope, nothing. No tweets about Rugrats in oh her history. God, oh but um, if there was a tweet, I would have found mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I like can breathe because I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it's just so funny. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't know, um, once oh, again, God. go back to our Hanukkah episode. I have I found like a plethora of Rugrats tweets that Mike Bloom had tweeted over the years back, dating from 2013. Oh, um, he is a Rugrats enthusiast um, and cat dog. Let's just oh, let's just double cat check. Cat dog, cat. Yes. Let's double check, Sasha. Do you do you have an affinity for cat dog? I wonder if I tweet because I I definitely didn't You've agree. You've never tweeted I, about cat dog. No, I don't think I tweeted. Yeah, but I I liked cat dog. So cat dog was I great. definitely went. I was hearing y'all. I was like, oh, I don't think Mike Bloom, right? Mike didn't like it, I think. I can't remember. There was a but finale was like, he didn't cool. like, I think is what it was, or something yeah. like that. I think is, is he didn't like the finale for some reason, I think. Um, <laughs> oh hot God. takes from Mike Bloom. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I no. Can't. 
Yeah, no cat dog tweets, but you know, maybe maybe one day you'll tweet about cat dog or rugrats. Well, yeah, now that they have that new one coming out on Nickelodeon, yes. the creepy oh, looking one. Yes, yes. Me out, so man. I wonder if there's any updates about the new Rugrats um, revival Plus, right? yeah. reboot. Is it on Paramount Plus? Too? Oh yeah, we should have oh, said that. If not? anybody, oh, yeah. uh, what? It's slated to premiere on Paramount Plus around this spring. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Spring 2021. We're coming up. I mean, we're in spring now, I think. Um, yeah, I think yeah. So. We we should have said at the beginning. Um, if you wanted to watch the episode um, and you didn't get a chance, it's on Paramount Plus. That's how um, we all watched it uh, before. I watched it on Hulu. And yeah, I watched, I watched it, with, it on oh, Hulu. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah it's also yeah. on Hulu. So if you Paramount Plus or Hulu is where you can get it. It's season three. I think it's episode twenty three. Sometimes Wikipedia says twenty six, but we know it's in that vicinity, so you should be able to find it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I yeah, know it. So it looks like it's coming twenty twenty one spring. So it's coming up soon. It kind of creeps me out. Got to be honest, but um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about. I might watch a the, little uh, bit of it just because I'm kind of curious. No, I'm definitely curious. I'm definitely yeah. going to check it I out. I mean, the theme song is iconic. If they change it, I'll be very devastated, just like I was with Dawson's Creek. Just saying. Oh God. Okay. The part that they choose this animation style, it's cursed. It's very creepy. They look oh very like boxy. yeah. It's really bad. Look at poor Dee Dee. What did they do to her? Ugh. I feel bad. Yeah. It's funny because the outfits, the um, the vibes, the like animation is all back in style, actually. So yeah. that's why I thought it was funny that they're trying to modernize it because the 90s are actually back and nostalgia, right, sells. So why are they trying to kill it? Like you ruin yeah. everything. Like that's yeah. my question. 100%. I think there is a lot of nostalgia for the 90s right now because I think a lot of that stuff that we watched growing up, it's now available for streaming. And mm-hmm. people our age, I don't mean to age myself, but... But people my age are like pumping out babies and making them watching yep. these shows, you know, so because they're like, oh, my gosh, I loved, you know, whatever, Rugrats, Spongebob, who cares? And they'll yes. throw it on for their kids <laughs> to watch. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I don't have any children because I'm the fountain of youth, but mm-hmm. other people. Same. I also don't. But <laughs> if I were to have them, yes. Yeah. <laughs> this would be what Yeah. You have to watching. force them to watch the shows you liked and not whatever crappy Obviously. new shows are on. Yes. 100%. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious to see this show when it eventually uh, when it eventually does come out. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll have to maybe we'll do like we'll like intro one of our podcast episodes with like our thoughts on the the, the Rugrats revival when it finally comes oh, out. Oh gosh. <laughs> yep. Yep, really it's excited like, for that. What are you watching this week, Jess? Oh, by the way, I watched Rugrats. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what is this, 1997? <laughs> I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> really um, but yes, any final oh thoughts on the Rugrats Passover episode? Anything we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about, Sasha? No, I'm just, you know, one thank you to the both of you for letting me come on um, and oh, no, talk about you. this. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm so excited. Again, just representation when um, y'all tweeted about it. You know, a few people ended up messaging me, you know, not like their stories, but just like their connection to this particular episode. And it was just so beautiful to watch um, and, you know, to hear their stories as well. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely like excited and, you know, cautiously optimistic. But I hope that, you know, um, my people like me, like, you know, Jews of color, especially our stories get told a little bit 
um, I don't know that our stories are getting told at all. So um, yeah. I th- I understand in that moment, like that wasn't a thing. So I'm excited for, you know, in this new future, um, we're hoping that representation, you know, is a little bit more, um, yeah, representative. I know that sounds cheesy as hell, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we hope that, yeah, it isn't just all matzo ball soup and gefilte fish, but, you know, um, some naan and curries <laughs> and, you know, all the, like, beauty of um, the Jewish di- diaspora um, in general. So, you know, I'm just, I'm looking forward to, like, that representation. But until then, you know, I'm thankful that we have Prince of Egypt and we have the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you so much, Sasha. I really, I really appreciate um, your words on that and um, all the information. I, you know, I, <laughs> I did go to Hebrew school and I've retained absolutely minimal amounts of it. So having you being such like an educated person and, you know, really reminding me um, about what this holiday was all about. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, being informative as well. And then, um, you know, like maybe maybe I can come around to the Passover. Maybe I will throw my own Seder next year. Um, I can help you. Yeah, please. And then um, for my new traditions and. You know, maybe Jessica, Jessica, maybe you can come to my Passover theater. I would absolutely love it. That's what I think it's all about. It's like it's forming your own traditions for your own in your own ways of doing things as an adult. One of the best parts about being an adult is you get to decide what you want to do and whether or not you want to hold on to traditions that maybe aren't the best or maybe adapt them in your own way. Um, yeah, and then that. Sasha, if you ever want to come to the East Coast, then <laughs> yes. you're obviously invited to my Seder as well, which will just become your Seder, but that's fine. <laughs> it's totally oh fine. My God. I love it. I love It's so weird because I didn't care about Judaism necessarily. Um, as I didn't care about Judaism as much as I did, I think. Once I became a professional Jew, I like to call myself now because I work for Jewish nonprofits. But um, it's really now I feel like I'm a geek and a nerd for it and I can talk about it all the time. So I'm just I'm glad I got to do this. No, thank you so much for coming on. It really was a joy. Like it was it was great to have you here to kind of like inform my questions, especially like I don't know a lot of stuff about this. So I'm really happy that you were able to come on and talk to us about this episode. And obviously you're welcome back anytime. Anything you want to talk about. (laughs) Oh you yeah, completely welcome oh back. Oh my god, to the podcast. thank you. Open, 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 <laughs> yes, open invitation. 100%. What else do you have going on, Sasha? Where can people find you on Twitter and other social media? Yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at funsize underscore o four. It's such a silly name. <laughs> Surprised Rob and, hasn't gotten uh, you to change it yet. It's only a matter. Of I, he calls me out all the time. Yeah. Like every time, we'd be like underscore o four. He has such like, a problem with the underscores. Like, yeah, but I just I'm not like smart enough or witty enough to like come up with something else so like Mm. if anyone out there has lmk um but anyway and yeah you can find me on twitter and um at silent podcasts on youtube where we um are covering a few shows but i'll be on for temptation island and Mm. the challenge um all stars or ogs whatever the heck they're called now Mm um uh, starting i think this friday we'll be covering that as well that's exciting yeah thanks (laughs) 
So you can find us at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us in feedback. Um, let us know if you have any Passover traditions mm-hmm. or any thoughts at all. We still would love to hear um, at Shit90sPod at gmail.com. And then, um, you know, April is, uh, we have this coming out in April as for bonus content. We have a couple things in the works coming up later in April that we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. And then um, aside from that, Boy Meets World, Dawson's Creek, of course. Um, Jess, what's going on in your world in my world we are still working on community building we are still very early on we are up to season one episode nine um debate 109 which is one of like my favorite favorite uh or season one episodes um so give that a listen that's obviously with josh wiggler over on post show recaps if you want to give that a listen greatly appreciate it um but we thank you all for joining us for this special bonus podcast happy passover everybody if you celebrate that's right you can say can i say happy passover Do people say that? Okay, great. Happy Passover. (laughs) See, I'm learning things. Happy Passover. Happy Easter if you celebrate it. Happy any holiday you're celebrating this week or any other time that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you so much, Sasha, for joining us. I hope everybody has a happy holiday and safe. Stay safe. Stay warm. Stay healthy. Have a good one. Bye. Shit 90 Shows taught me. To shit 90 shows taught me. I'm just, I gotta restart that. My voice cracked on the first thing. I saw Sarah flinch. I'm like, great, well, I have to restart. Oh, God. It's a day. I was like, oh, is that your, like, you know, we all have that voice nope. that we put on? That's your podcaster voice. That's not. That is my sore throat voice, apparently. All right. Oh, my God, let's try that again. Uh, We're off to a raging start already. (laughs) All right. Welcome to Shit (laughs) Edition. Let me just put my chain smoker voice on and prepare for the podcast. Oh my god, I'm dead. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh my god. (laughs) We're going to have to have a blooper reel on this one. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. This just needs to be the (laughs) outtake. Okay. Oh, All right. God. Okay. Okay. Ready. We're back. We're back. <laughs>